0: Hey guys, welcome to the show. Hi guys, welcome to the show. Being a parent is such an amazing, challenging, and rewarding experience. But do you ever wonder what it's really like to be a parent? Weird Mom is a podcast that seeks to unveil those nuances of parenthood that are rarely mentioned through stories and conversation. Join me and the occasional guests as we talk about raising humans and the weirdness that comes along with it. Welcome back to another episode of Weird Mom Podcast. I'm your host and resident Weird Mom, Chelsea. And today I am excited for this guest that I have. Um, her name is Claire. I'm going to let her introduce yourself. But
1: hello, how are you doing? Hello. I'm good. <laughs> good, good. I'm glad to be here.
0: Yay. Yes, I'm glad to have you. Um, so, For those of us in the audience that don't know, can you just tell a little bit about yourself, your family, maybe what you do for a living, just a little bit? Yeah,
1: of course. So I'm Claire. um, And I feel like I've worn a lot of different hats, especially on the internet. Um, But I am an OG fashion blogger. I started a fashion blog in 2009. which grew into this big sort of thing. Um, And then I stopped um, (laughs) around, uh, I guess, 2014. Um, And then I sort of moved into doing mom content on Instagram. And then... um, tiktok and sort of the age of short form video happened so now i've been dabbling in that um on instagram i just do sort of comedic situational reels and then on tiktok i have a pretty firm niche um i do anti-racist education comedically if you can believe it um and i basically reverse microaggressions so i've literally created this world um, where you, you, when you watch my videos, it's, I guess, for someone who is not a person of color, they can kind of feel what it feels like to be a person of color. Um, so and they're pretty, they're pretty um, effective. Uh, I have lots of, particularly, yeah, like white allies being like, I've never understood microaggressions. I've never understood why they're a big deal. And this has helped me feel the feels and I don't like the feel. Um, And then I have a day, I have a day job too. I work in digital marketing um, for a tech company. And then I have two little daughters who I um, wrangle as well <laughs> so, yeah that's me <laughs> and very long it's a very long introduction
0: no no this really definitely gives me a, a better idea about you as well i i kind of knew about the fashion blogging thing but i forgot about it for a
1: second yeah i mean it was a while ago right i mean it was i mean now it was years ago when i stopped so i feel like there's so many people that follow me and don't even realize that that's what i used to do very <laughs> fanatically um was drag my husband out into the street and make him take my picture.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Is he he, um, happy he doesn't have to do that so much anymore? I
1: know, he says he feels left out of the videos because I just do the videos myself, Mm -hmm. totally. And I can't do them around him. I I can't have an audience when I make the video content. Um, I get horrible stage fright. So he can't be involved in any way. (laughs) I get that Except (laughs) for to watch them when they're already done Yeah
0: I can (laughs) understand that So kicking things off I like to always ask this question What do you find the most Is the most rewarding thing about being a parent So far
1: Oh that's a good question Um, I think It's that you get uh, To have these little people That live in your house and you really get to see them become their own humans every day and every year. They are becoming these little people in the world, and just seeing how that all happens. Um, and also seeing how much you do and don't impact that journey is pretty cool. So, um, you know. Cause I have a two year old and a six year old and I just feel like particularly my six year old, it's like, she has her own life, you know, and just getting to share that and be part of it and try to shape it positively, but not too much, um, has been just really cool. And I mean, I've been around kids my whole life as a babysitter and I was a substitute teacher, but it's different when it's your own kids. Cause you literally see them when they're just these little squishes mm-hmm. and then they very quickly become their own people. And you just sort of have to like sit back and watch it all happen. And that's, that's pretty cool.
0: <laughs> no, yeah, it's definitely, I would, like I always say, it's kind of bad to say, but I think of it as like the coolest science experiment or science yeah, project Yeah, Yeah, and it kind ever. of is. Yeah. because
1: Yeah, I mean, you'd really, I feel like there's a lot of, um, there's this idea of motherhood that you're like creating, that, that you are creating a person all the way down to their personality. And it's like, it's kind of not really it. It's like, they are very much their own people. And like, you can see shadows of yourself in them. you know, like I definitely see a lot of myself in my daughters, but they're also themselves very much. <laughs> and just getting to know that and figuring out what works and what doesn't in terms of parenting them and like discipline style. And then like, what is their love language? What are they, what makes them happy? You know, it's different from me. You know, I'm, I'm always call myself an introverted extrovert. And I really like to be alone um, and do my own thing by myself. And like, I would be a hobbit if I didn't have to like live in the woods. But (laughs) uh, my daughter, my older daughter is not like that. Like she could be around me all the time. She just thrives off human interaction. And like that in that way, we could not be more different. So I just always have to foster that. Like she doesn't want to sit at home like I want to sit at home. Right. Um, yeah. So, you know, all those little things.
0: <laughs> what about your youngest daughter? Like, what's something that is. Yeah. More so she
1: is, she is very much, um, she's independent. She's way more independent than my oldest. And she likes to, like, have moments by herself. And she has this quirky, funny personality um and she's always singing like she very much learns through song so I sing to her all the time you know like for everything we have like a little song because she is always singing and she can sing really well for I mean for she's a baby but like she can when she can sing better than she can talk um and so she'll just like be in her kitchen cooking and then she'll be like ba uh, black sheep. Have you any will? Mama, daddy, sister, yellow, blue, green. Yes, sir, yes, sir. And like, just like her mind, like, it just works through song. So sure. I'm always like, okay, like, let's put on her shoes. Let's put on her shoes. And then she'll like try to sing it too. Um, she is, yeah, she's just like a quirky little lady, but she is much more. Um, independent. She likes to do her own thing. We recently started going to the pool and she thinks she is an Olympic swimmer. (laughs) Okay. She does not know how to swim. She will not wear her floaties, but then she also does want me to hold her. She's just way more like I can do it. I can handle it. And then my older daughter is like, you have to do it with me. Come with me. Do it with me. Stand next to me. So in that regard, they're very different um, in terms of, but they both are mama's girls. I always thought girls love their dads, but that's not true for them. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, On the flip side, what do you think is the most challenging thing about being a parent?
1: Oh, gosh, Um, lots of things. (laughs) But I would say... Yeah. I mean, I would say the the modern woman and the modern mother is like, un, it's, it's unsustainable, right? Because I mean, we live in this world where, you know, we have to work and many of us want to work and we should be able to work, but then we also have to be, act like a stay-at-home mom. So we have to like work like a single unattached, career woman and then also parent like we don't have a job and it's completely unsustainable and I have found that that shift has not happened for men like there's still very much this idea that a man can go to work and come home and then it's supposed to be like oh you do so well you're working so hard but it's, that's not true for women. You know, it's like, you have to go to work. You have to like kill it at work. And then you have to come home and like second shift, like, let's go You're your mom. Now where's dinner? Is the laundry done? What's happening tomorrow? Is it picture day? Are the kids have their stuff ready? It's just like this mountain of both physical and mental labor that is not sustainable. Um, I don't have the solution, but that's been a crazy shift. Um, especially because before I had kids, I lived in New York and my life was my job and I very much loved my career and that's all I really thought about. And then I I can still be like that about my job, but then I also am a self-proclaimed like helicopter parent and I do like to be really involved in my kids' lives so the juggling act is is a challenge, um, figuring it all out. So,
0: yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up because no one has um, ever brought that up on my show before, that, that balance of being, that true talk about that balance of being a full-time working parent mom and then coming home and, having to do the mom things like that's exhausting and nobody ever really talks about it. They say, you can just do it all, but they don't say, how do you do it all?
1: Yeah, exactly. And it really, I mean, I'm, I do. Um, like, I like kind of like the, the pushback that the girl boss movement is have is having um, like, what do they say? They say on TikTok, um Oh, gaslight gatekeep girl boss, because there's this whole dark underbelly of the girl boss narrative that isn't spoken about. And it's that you can't have it all. You cannot. And, you know, you have to make sacrifices on one end or the other and usually on both because it just, it doesn't, it doesn't work otherwise. And I think that it should be okay, right? That you're not, that you can't always be, that you're you can be a mom and a worker, and then you can be a mom and a worker at home and at work. And I, my hope would be that COVID, and the fact that this really came to a head for women with COVID, that the expectation was that they were supposed to continue to work like nothing was happening while their kids were sitting with them at right. home.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but I mean, we'll see it's like you never know
0: yeah
1: hopefully (laughs) yeah hopefully but yeah yeah (laughs) so
0: how has how you have grown up how has that influenced your parenting
1: yeah (laughs) um i know that's so i grew up um my father was in the navy so we moved every two years um like I went to a school for kindergarten I went to a school for first and second a school for third a school for fourth and fifth a school for sixth and seventh a school for eighth a school for ninth and tenth and a school for eleventh and twelfth wow. and so for me um like I And I mean, obviously this is not my parents' fault. It was their job. That's we moved. But I am really almost fanatical about stability and not moving my kids around because like I don't have um, like childhood friends really, you know, like, oh, we've been friends since this. We all went to the same elementary school, middle school, high school. We all went to this community pool. Like I don't have that like i can barely even answer you know like where are you from like i don't know <laughs> yeah america <laughs> um so that is important to me like just having a home base like i would always when i was in college when people would be like oh, i'm going home and it was like the house that they grew up in
0: mm-hmm.
1: like that was a foreign concept to me because um, you know i didn't grow up in one house. It grew up in tons of houses. Um so having that stability is is really important to me for them. Um and honestly, I don't really know why, because I wouldn't say that it moving negatively impacted my life, but I do think that it um it like just gives you a foundation. Like this is where I'm from, these are the people I know, and this is how I want to move either forward or maintain that line. Um, and then um, like, I would say I have a pretty good relationship with my parents. Like I didn't grow up in a toxic household. My parents have a good solid marriage and they're good to each other. Um, so, I mean, I'm different from my parents. We have different like uh, I guess like lifestyle views, but if I woke up tomorrow and became my mother, I don't think I would be mad. You know, like I don't think I'd be like, oh no, my my <laughs> life is doomed. What a tragedy! Yeah, because <laughs> I feel like she did, she did a good job. We, I mean, we're still close. So
0: yeah,
1: yeah. Um, so yeah, um, yeah. I think that. I would probably say, I mean, this is my parents always had me working, which um, I think is a good thing, but they didn't do it as much with my sister. So I do think like when my kids hit that 14, 15, that for me, it was like, okay, now you can work. So work, you know, go to the grocery store, get a job. Um, And I feel like I will probably... Be like well do you want to work or do you want to like be in a sport or do you want to do a different extracurricular or do you want to do this um which is kind of like what my sister did uh whereas I was like oh I'm I'm working um but again sorry to like backpedal but I feel like that also suited our personalities because I've never been sporty and I've always just liked working like in college, I had two work study jobs until I got kicked out because apparently that was stealing. Like you're only allowed to have one work study job and make a certain amount oh, of money. Yeah, and yeah, I had that's... two. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the dean like called me and was like, "Gee, you're on our payroll twice." And I was like, oh, how so <laughs> that happened, right?" Um, but so yeah, I mean, I I, I feel like I'm rambling, but. I've had I have a good I have a good family so I I don't mind turning into my mom. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean that's good. That's a, more than some other people can say. <laughs> yeah. I
1: mean yeah, exactly. I do feel that that's a privilege and I feel lucky that I do I have a good relationship with my family and that I didn't grow up in a toxic environment because that is I feel like it's almost rare, right? That um that so many people didn't have that. Yeah. Okay.
0: So thank you for sharing that. Of course. <laughs> um, on a scale of one to 10, with one being zero preparation whatsoever and 10 being you read every single book, knew every <laughs> single piece of research, how prepared were you for having children?
1: <laughs> oh, gosh. I didn't read any of the books. I read one. I read a sleep book, but I didn't even read it. Um, I like read a couple chapters. So here's the thing. I'm a big reader. I love reading, but I do not like reading nonfiction or self-help or parent and like parenting books fall in that genre of it just feels like a textbook. And I just, Oh, I just do not like it. So I did not read I, other than that one book that I read. And by read, I mean, I read like the summary at the beginning. <laughs> um i didn't read any i did rely i did read and i still do read a lot of those message boards like baby center i actually found those to be like actual moms talking um and i would read those but yeah i didn't do i and i had the wonder weeks app i was way more with my firstborn i had like apps and, um, to like track her eating and her diaper changing and her sleep. And then with my youngest, I did nothing. Nothing. (laughs) I've heard that. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I just was not, I was still even with my first pregnancy, I was still very much like working. Like I, that was still kind of my focus, even though I was pregnant, like, um, I was like, I'll focus on the baby when she gets here. (laughs) Um, So, you know, I just, I didn't. And I mean, yeah, even, and I was kind of the same with my youngest. It's like, you know, when she gets here, that's when I'll, I'll figure out. I'll figure it all out. When I see her and I can see her little face, then I'll know, okay. That, then I'll figure it out. Then,
0: <laughs> right? Yeah. No. Sometimes you got to do that because all that research and stuff that's overwhelming. I'm like, it, man, is. I just, I it is. on the job training.
1: Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's just like and the, like the books are so dense and like it's just it is. It's a lot. It's information overload for a person that you haven't even met yet. You don't even know what they're like, and it's all this advice, and you don't even know. Like, so yeah i know i didn't get down with the parenting books like at all no yeah i did not at all i did the message
0: words like you um mm-hmm. but i was mostly like well you know i know some things from when i was in high school i took child development yeah i took see? it in college too so i'm like
1: oh well see things. that's yeah <laughs> but yeah it still
0: didn't prepare me though
1: <laughs> hey no it really doesn't I, I mean it doesn't nothing can prepare you for especially like a newborn and just like how much work it is and then also how boring it is. It's like this crazy amount of work. And then you're like, what did I even do today? Right. Yes. What even is today? Yeah. It's like, I don't even know what is happening. Yeah. Agreed.
0: <laughs> crazy times. Um, What is something that no one told you about before becoming a parent or maybe they said something about it, but they didn't really go into much detail. And then you experienced it and you were like,
1: Oh gosh, not
0: what you told me.
1: Yeah. I think, um, you know, I, I mean, I love my husband. He's the best, but (laughs) <laughs> what well, people do not talk about here, we're going to be real. What yeah. people do not talk about um, when you have a baby is how worthless your husband can be that you're both parenting a newborn and parenting your spouse. Mm-hmm. And then they'll be like, I don't know. I never had to do this. I didn't like, cause I just feel like, um and i don't even think it's their fault like i feel like we socialize men they're never around babies or kids like they don't babysit they don't you know they just you know if you're lucky enough to have a spouse that have maybe a lot of younger siblings that can be different but you know like my my husband had never really even been around a baby until our daughter was born. And he had no idea what he was doing. And it's just like, I just remember just feeling so annoyed cause I was like, I have to focus on this kid. I can't hold your hand through this. Like you're gonna have to figure it out the way I'm figuring it out. Like I can't, and then you can't be like, oh, but you're so much better at it. Like we can't, we can't do this game. And um, I just remember just like feeling like strong feelings of rage <laughs> because I was like, what, what is happening? Like, nobody's telling me what to do. I'm just doing it. So you just do it too. Mm-hmm. figure it out. And like, I can't also be your mom. Like I, I you know, you're going to have to just figure it out. Yeah. Um, and I remember just telling him that and he, he was fine and he is fine he's fine but it was just like those first especially with our first like couple of months when he just like choked and I was like you can't you can't you can't do this like you can't just leave me out in the dark like this I'm literally wearing a diaper like you gotta step up your game man just do it (laughs) nike um uh so it's like um I think that was like a huge hurdle. And I would also say, I mean, people talk about it, but like the crushing loneliness mm-hmm. of like the first year. And I think it's because this is, this is my philosophy. It's because by the time when your child's a newborn, by the time you're like ready to go out anywhere, especially when you're a first time mom, it's nap time. Like you get your kid up, you've changed, you've nursed, you've done this, you've cleaned this, you've done that. And then it's nap time again. Like there's no time to go anywhere
0: no.
1: or do anything. And then as your kid gets older, nap time is usually what? From like 11 to like noon to three. Like the time when everything is happening, when people are like, oh, let's get lunch. Let's do this. Like your kid is is napping. You can't go anywhere. You can't do anything. But then you also don't really want people sitting in your house, like eating your food and you have to entertain them. Yes. So it's like this weird time where you can't go anywhere but you don't really want people to come to you unless they're going to come over and clean so it's just like this lonely isolating time because you're so beholden to a schedule that suits your kid that you can't go anywhere or do anything like I remember with my first that we lived really close to a CVS so we would go to CVS every day (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and like walk the aisles of CVS and talk um, to the people that worked at CVS. Cause if, there wasn't enough time for me to like get her in the car seat and like go see someone right. because then she'd fall asleep and then she'd have a bad nap and then she would be a grouch for the rest of the day and everything would be thrown off. And it was like, nobody talks about the newborn slash baby schedule and how important it is. And then you can't really break it. Um, like I broke it more with my second, like we did more napping on the go But she also had the personality for it. And some kids really don't. So you can't just say, oh, just put the kid in the carrier and go. Because some babies really, they don't thrive that way. Um, So you can find yourself trapped in your house. Like for a long time. For a very long time.
0: When I was on maternity leave, I was like, this is terrible
1: yeah I, yeah i
0: wanted this but this is also terrible
1: yeah you know because the baby and then the newborn is so much work it's just so much give you know you give so much to this baby and like they don't do anything you yeah. know they're not they can't say anything they don't know even what gratitude is so yeah it's just this thankless day and you like go to bed at night sort of sort and of you're uh... like yeah and they're like i don't even know what i did and it's just like this cycle, like you live your life. I just feel like the newborn phase is like you just live your life in these two hour blocks. Yes,
0: I feel that. I remember one of the times when my, because I have a son, he's four now, but whenever he was a newborn, remember the first like moments of, oh my gosh, I'm a parent and this is my life now. I am trying yeah. to get him to go to sleep, like late at night and I was crying because I'm like I'm talking to him and I'm like please just go to sleep because I'm exhausted yeah and I'm talking to him but in my mind I know he doesn't understand what I'm saying and it's not his fault but at the same time I'm frustrated
1: yeah exactly and then you feel bad for like feeling your feels it's just it's a weird time and I would say at last like it lasts the first year, I would say like the first year is really is so hard. And I think it stays hard until your kids don't nap. Like I swear the nap thing, like it just throws everything off. I felt like our life opened up when my eldest stopped napping, which was like just in time for her sister to be born. But there was like this time when it was like we have the day ahead of us we don't need to like rush out in the morning and do something to rush back for the nap and then we don't have like this weird three to six time in the afternoon before we have to rush back and go to sleep um so just like having that like full day was it was just so great oh yeah but it was
0: so like revitalizing and refreshing yeah (laughs) yeah it's just
1: it's good the world opens up yes
0: um my next question to you is what do you think is the biggest misconception about being a parent
1: um I think that you can control your kids at all oh yeah. yeah like there's so many people that say I feel like you're always the best the best parent until you have kids right like you know everything until you actually have kids. So people who say, oh, I would never let my kid do this. I never let my kid do that. As if you have any choice in what they do. Like, I always thought, oh, like, I'll just, I, like, my kid will never have a meltdown in the grocery store. Like, <laughs> I'll handle that. And it's like, oh, no, they will. And there's nothing you can do about it or I'll be like oh you know I was never weird about planes but like you know you always want to be like oh I'll be the the parent whose kid is an angel on planes and I am the parent whose child is horrible on flights oh no um,
0: yeah <laughs> horrible that's oh. that's anxiety producing like oh my god, there's no where you can go there's no you're
1: just trapped um yeah I mean like yeah with my oldest she's like the worst she just gets so excited I feel and then she just like melts down and I had to bribe her with candy and then that makes it worse when we get off the plane but um once she was old enough to use a tablet that kind of changed but when like our first couple of flights and she was just too little it was like not not good but (laughs) yeah I think that's the biggest misconception is that and then also I think for women that, um, like once you're a mom, that that's kind of all you are is a mom, um, that there's, you don't want to do anything else and you don't want to be anyone else and that, no, you can still be a mom and have other interests and have a life and have passions and have a side project and that not everything has to revolve around your kid. Yeah. <laughs>
0: For sure. I think I'm glad that that's kind of changing
1: as
0: time goes on because I know, I think that's part of like the traditional mom is everything you you has to be your kids, but it doesn't have to be like that at all. No, it really
1: (laughs) doesn't. (laughs)
0: Um, My final question to you for this part of the episode is what's one piece of advice you can give to anyone who is about to become a mom?
1: Oh, This is a good question. Okay. Let me think. I would say the best piece of advice I can give you is, um, okay. I would say lots of people say, um, to ask for help and that is good advice, but I don't feel like it's great advice because what you, you really don't help the word help. I always, I always struggle with because, It implies when you help someone, you're doing something for them. That's not your responsibility, right? Like I'm helping you move. This is not my responsibility, your move, but I'm doing it out of the goodness of my heart. Mm -hmm. And I think what a woman really needs is a partner, you know, like have a conversation with your spouse and say, I don't need you to help me. I need you to partner with me to raise this child. So it's like both of us, it's that like tweak of the language, like both of us have to be in this, right? Like, mm-hmm. I I don't want to ask you to help me, like you're some unpaid intern that I found on care.com, right? Like, <laughs> right. I want you to like, be my partner in this journey. And I mean, even if it's like, if it's not your partner, like if it's your mom, like, find that partner, like not a helper, because I just feel like, I always kind of like my eye kind of twitches when people use the word help to talk about their spouse or whoever is sort of like their closest parenting partner, Mm -hmm. because they're not a helper, like a helper is your babysitter or, you know, a sibling is a helper because it's really not their responsibility to raise your kid. But like it's your spouse is also their job, right, to be in it with you. So I would say... Find your partner, whoever it is, and have that discussion while you're pregnant to be like, you know, I need you to partner with me. Like, I need you to look at this new season in our lives as something that you're going to be proactive about, not reactive when I ask you. Mm -hmm. Um, And I guess that that would kind of be like my biggest. Because I think that's what women, you know, when we talk about like the mental load and kind of the burnout that women feel and i think it comes a lot from that language of using help instead of partner because we don't need any more helpers like you know you can find a helper on the street like you need a a partner someone that's like this is my job too so let's do it right Mm -hmm. so that's what i would say
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, I like that. I completely agree. Um, and I never thought of it that way, because I do hear that all the time, like, ask for help, ask for help. But what you're saying makes sense to the yeah, a little bit. right. I like that. Thank you so much for <laughs> yeah, sharing. Yeah, thank you. Um, that concludes this part of the episode, but stay tuned, because we'll be back for our final remarks. Welcome back to Red Mom Podcast and this is the part of the episode where we talk about what we're into because I have an obsessive personality and I love things <laughs> hard for short amounts of time. Some things, not all things. But yes, we're gonna talk about something we're currently obsessed with. So I will let you go first, Claire. Oh my goodness. Okay. <laughs> um
1: What are what am I into? Okay, so this is I feel like this is very niche, but I'm sort of into um like messy fiction so like um usually like messy psychological thriller um fiction and i've been able to find some really good kindle like first reads but i'm actually reading this book right now that is like peak messy fiction it's called the other black girl okay and it's like get out mixed with like a lifetime movie mixed with like an episode of law and order it's do it do recommend I'm not all the way done um but it's it's uh, the perfect blend of being a, a very well written solid book but also gimmicky, like there's like gimmickiness kind of under the surface that that just makes it kind of a joy to read. Um, So that's kind of what I'm really into right now is finding books. And it's hard, you know, it's hard to find one that really meets all the criteria, but a book that's a little bit like, it's just like a mess in terms of like, people are doing things that are just completely outlandish and crazy. But it's also well written and compelling and there's you and I like to have like a nice strong female lead, like leading it all. Um and the other black girl do recommend. Pick it up, Kindle. It's not my book. Just <laughs> <laughs> but you love it so much. But I do I mean I I'm not done, but I was like this because I just want it to be like kind of like the summer of, you know, just reading these kind of psychological because I really like it um like true crime podcasts so Mm -hmm. I'm trying to like pull pull that into my reading too just to be like thoroughly surrounded I guess by crime true (laughs) true crime um and I feel like the other black girl It it's both timely in terms of like microaggressions and working being black and working in corporate, but then it also just has this like gimmick that I'm not going to say what it is because it spoils the whole book. But kind of under the surface, it's it's good, good stuff.
0: So when you say messy, do you mean like all the characters? There's like no good character. Everyone right, has like everybody. Bad usually
1: going. everyone's unlikable. I will say in the other Black Girl that I do like the lead. She's lovely, and then she has this best friend who's and boyfriend who are also love lovely, which is rare. But I also yeah, I mean I like a book where, like yeah, we we don't like anybody. You're not rooting. For anybody, it's just... Yeah, like people acting crazy. Like, there was one that I read. Hold on, I'm going to pull it up because I can't remember the title off the top of my head because my memory is gone. <laughs> um, that was also, like, very messy. And this one, I want to say, was f- free on Kindle. Um. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Ironically, this one is called... Wait for it. The Other Wife. Wow. (laughs) What a coincidence. I know. See, do you see a theme here? Yeah. Um, And this one is like uh, a lot of like rich white people acting crazy. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And they're in Britain and it's, that one is wild. It's a perfect beach read. Um, So yeah, that's kind of what I'm into. It's, I told you, it's pretty niche, but it's what i like
0: when you say that it actually sounds like something i'd be interested in um i'm not a big <laughs> reader and when i do read it is normally like self-help <laughs> and nonfiction. okay yeah but when i like when i like read fiction i like something that like really holds my attention yeah i feel like that's gonna hold my attention yeah
1: I, it definitely will especially like the other wife it is like it is like reading like a very very crazy lifetime movie Like there's intrigue at one point, like the husband literally like ties his wife up in their music room. It's like just like, and like the neighbor, like the whole premise is that this woman moves into a house, like buys a whole house next door to this woman who had an affair with her husband, who she thinks is dead, but he's not really dead. Wow, this already sounds messy. Oh, it's, it's <laughs> it is just like a, a
0: cesspool. So, I love it. yeah, <laughs> I love the drama. Oh, yeah, it's lots
1: of drama. <laughs>
0: um, for me, what I'm into currently is, um, well, I love music. Um, I'm really open to listening to any kind of music. So, lately, yeah. I've been listening to a lot of like K pop, Korean pop. Oh, oh
1: Japanese my gosh. Songs. Like, love.
0: <laughs> yeah. I just, for sometimes when I listen to music, like, I get really into like the lyrics and stuff. But since these songs are normally in yeah. another language, I'm yeah, like, they're I'm in just Japanese, into it, right? right? Yeah. I'm just listening to it because it just sounds nice. You know, I it don't is. Know what it's saying. nice.
1: I find K-pop to be very nostalgic, too. Like, it like just reminds me of, like, 90s, yeah. like, that sort of, like, the era of the boy band and, like, the, just, like, the singing group. Yeah, yeah. I love K-pop, too. I also really like um, Olivia Rodrigo, her album Sour. Oh, or yeah, Olivia I heard that Rodrigo yeah it's that one's another one that has like 90s paramore i guess paramore is 2000s but it has like paramore it's nostalgic like when you listen to it it takes me back um but it also feels very okay don't cancel me but it feels like the vibe is very taylor swift but olivia can sing <laughs>
0: no no cancellation here
1: (laughs) yeah so it's like everything that you want taylor swift to be like it's like this scorned like the pretty scorned girl like i feel like that was taylor swift's shtick right is that like she was like this gorgeous girl that everybody was always dumping it's like okay but like olivia has that same kind of thing where it's like i'm a woman scorned even though i'm like talented and gorgeous right but she's also a really good singer um so, yeah. which Taylor Swift no comments, <laughs> no comments, no comment. No comment. Um, so yeah, that's that's it if we're on music I, I do I've been listening to a couple of her songs from that album.
0: I'll have to listen to that because I I've been meaning to, but I just haven't gotten around to it. yeah,
1: I mean it's like how can you keep up, right? It's like yeah. it's just too much. It's a lot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Claire, for being on the oh
1: show. Oh, gosh. Thank you for having me. Really, this is so fun. It was.
0: I don't know if you have anything you wanted to share with the audience, any last remarks, anything that you want them to know, but.
1: No, I don't tired. think so. I know. No, I don't think so.
0: Okay. Well, like I said, thank you again. And thank you all, weirdies out there, for listening to this Woo-hoo. week's episode um weird mom releases episodes every wednesday so have a good week and keep being weird bye (laughs)